as you can see, what our topic is today is love your enemy. Pretty timely, huh? Uh, who would have imagined uh, neighbors becoming enemies, family members feeling like enemies? And what the Bible has to say, is, you know, the Bible says love your enemies. And so I had to come up with this because why love? Why not just wave at your enemy? How about just live beside them and not torch their yard? But it goes to something that's unimaginable. I mean, the, the two words so close together don't look right to me. Love and enemy. Wow. And God knew what he was doing. See, when we back up and we look at God's plan, we see that he has called us to this phenomenal, un unfathomable place to love your enemy. I'm going to be honest. I can't in my strength. I, on my best day, I can't. There's, there's, there's a perspective that God introduces and he actually has placed everyone in here in that spot and until you constantly recognize what that spot is and who you are, you're not going to be able to love your enemy, even if it's a family member. So, was it just Jesus who said it? Well, in Proverbs chapter 24, we're told that we're not to gloat when our enemy fails. That's probably about my favorite thing to do. I'm 65, what else do I have left to enjoy? Proverbs 25 says, feed your enemy when he's hungry. I'll feed him a, a knuckle sandwich. And we have to realize what, when the Bible's referring to enemy, it's not the guy who's climbing your fence to come and shoot your children. Okay, that's a thief. That's a murderer. Your enemy is someone you disagree with, who is not for you. It's not for your cause. You, you just agree. They're living their life and believing and, and saying things that don't line up with what you like to hear. And we think it's, it's just this constant wind in our face that we hate. I kayak, I fish. And I, how is it the wind is in my face when I'm going that way and I fish for four or five hours and then it's in my face going that way? Now that's an enemy. And that's what enemies feel like. It just, oh, this would be so enjoyable if it wasn't for him, you know. If it wasn't for that win, I'd be enjoying myself. That's the enemy that the scriptures are talking about. So let's take a look at what Jesus has to say. You think, okay, I may be able to get past the gloating. I may be able to, you know, send a, a soggy sandwich to him. Uh, <laughs> but Jesus just went overboard. 
just overboard. Let's take a look at what Matthew, what Matthew tells us. I mean, talk about, I'm going to go to slow. Because we need to think about every word he says has a purpose, has a meaning. And actually, it's kind of like a stick that he just goes, nyeh. He used to go on hiking trips and, and we would carry these packs through the mountains and there's this one kid was carrying his pack and he just threw it off and goes, I'm done. I go, come on, pick it up, pick it up. Let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, he just... And I actually got a stick and walked behind him and poked him. Whenever he would slow down, he goes, ow, that hurts. I get going, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I poked him for the next five miles. <laughs> and I didn't get arrested. It was a different day. <laughs> but Jesus says... You have heard this, and it's been said this way, love your neighbors, hate your enemy. But I tell you, talk about a big butt. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, who's a constant wind in your face, who has an opposite view of everything you believe in. You think you're right, so they're wrong. Guess what? They think they're right and that you're wrong. Verse 45, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. This isn't, this isn't just a nursery rhyme. So that you may be the children of your Father in heaven. Fathers, do you favor your children? Isn't it your boy that should be on the team playing and not on the bench? He's the worst guy on the team, but he should be playing. <laughs> he fails the test. What's wrong with that teacher? They don't know how to teach you. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Wow. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. In Luke, it says it this way. Then your reward will be great. Your what? When do rewards come? In the beginning? Later. It comes later. And you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. So how do we, how do we take this any other way than just this is important to the Lord? He says this is what makes you different from everyone else. 
This is what makes you different from the pagans who love their own, who greet their own, who resist their enemies, and they let it be known. They do whatever it can to put it in the face of their enemies. That some of us have, our goal is just to be better than them because they're my enemy. I remember my parents would keep their yard up. And I mean, I mean, it had to be green. It, it was the trims. And who was doing it? <clears throat> and why? I asked my dad, I said, why? He goes, our neighbors across the street who hate us, our yard has to be better than theirs. Really? He was motivated by his enemy. Well, this, this, this doesn't come natural to us. And the only way we can do this is with God's help. You see, we know that we're God's children. You know what? Whenever we can get to that place where it's going to tell us how to love, but when we get to that spot where we can love an enemy, God looks down and goes, he looks like me. Yeah. He acts like me. I send rain on the wicked and the righteous. God doesn't, he doesn't, he, he's a just God. And let me just tell you, he's a just God. And someday people who do not respond to God's love, they're going to get their reward too, but it's not going to look like one. He's a just God. Though he's a patient, long-suffering God also. And he says, I want you to be my children and my children act like me. I'll know you because of the way you act. Now, I'm going to throw this in. I may be a little early on it, but it's a, just, make, just to clear it up. Love is an action. It is not a feeling. A friend is an emotional feeling. You're my friend. I feel like I can talk to you. But love is not, you know, people going, oh, I, I just, I, I fell in love with her. Look, when people fall, they break things. It's like, it's like I'm just kind of going down the street. Oh, I'm in love. Love is a choice. You can grow into love, but it's little choices all along the way. Because if you can fall in love, what can you also fall out of? But a choice. You know, a a falling in love, falling out of love is like, I didn't mean it for it to happen. You know, oh no. If you fell out of love, it was a lot, a lo long period of time of little choices. The way you talk, the, the contempt that you show this person you say you love. For them not feeling supported by you. You didn't fall out of love. You made little choices all along the way. So we're not saying, this didn't say, you know, <clears throat> be friends with your enemy. Nah. It says to love them. And it's very specific on the love when we're going to see it. But it is a choice. I chose the woman that I wanted to marry. She chose me. That's why I asked <laughs> That's why I said, would you marry me? <laughs> you, know? you have to choose back. <laughs> you know? 
She didn't say, well, I haven't tripped yet. I haven't made that fall in love. No, she chose. This is, well, now that, <laughs> I thought we were going to be out of the political season, but evidently we're not. <laughs> this season, a whole lot of people have grown in hate. One in six people in America have stopped talking to a family member because of politics. <laughs> That's a lot. We don't have a political problem. We have a love problem. It's not political. It's love. And we're not choosing it. We're feeling it. Stop being a child. That's what I would say to an eight-year-old. But I don't feel like it. Stop that. Or I'll have you feel something. <laughs> I forgot it's a different day. A <laughs> we need supernatural help. If people would start calling upon God... Be a part, put myself in that position to being his child. Because, you know, I, whoever the president is or isn't, I serve a God in heaven who is watching and looking for his children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, even the Bible says, grow up. Stop acting like children. For us to do that, for a lot of us, including myself, I have to depend on the Holy Spirit to work through me because I have to, what the Bible calls love, I have to put down my emotions and do this. My emotions don't want to, guys. <laughs> it just doesn't. I need supernatural help. And it's only by God's grace and that, that Holy Spirit. It's only by, the only way we're going to love is to trust his word. There's two reasons why we have to love his, our, our enemies. And it's pretty simple. The first one, God said to. <laughs> the second one, God loved us first. And this is the clincher. It was when we were still God's enemies that he demonstrated love. You were an enemy of God and he loved you. In Corinthians, it tells us what love is. We're going to read some of it. It's, it's, it's too much to do a teaching on all of it today. But at one thing after it goes through what love is, what love is, is love never fails. 
And you're going, wait a minute, I've loved people and I didn't see them change. Love never fails, never fails a person who loved, you're getting a reward. You expressing love to someone gets a reward. It never fails. It's rewarding you as you do it and after you do it and there's a reward for doing it. The person that I'm loving, we're thinking, well, I love this person, I love my neighbor, I love this boss, and they never changed, they never came to God. It's because they had the choice to choose to receive love. I am not responsible for them to receive the love that I have been told to give. Wow. Love is what makes the difference. Okay, I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to tell a couple stories. I, I've, I told... Aslan, I said, look, I only got one point, and I hope, but a whole bunch of stories. <laughs> Y'all like the stories, so. This is me growing up. 1969, there's a Vietnam War going on. And President uh, Nixon was just elected. And that summer, uh, a few months after he was inaugurated, the war was going bad in, in 69. It was going bad for the United States. And so he sent a whole team of guys over to study the troops, to study what's going on, the, the, the game plan, the, the, the attitudes, uh, the, just study the whole thing. He said, the war is not going our way. We're better funded. We have more, more weaponry. We, we have the intelligence, and it's going bad. So they go over there. They're there for a couple months, and they came back with a whole lot of ideas. But the number one reason, 20% of the troops were hooked on heroin. It's one in five. They're hooked on the most addictive substance the world has ever known. That's why there was a bad attitude. That's why they weren't taking orders. And so they thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is going to happen to our cities when all these soldiers come back and go back into life? It's the most addictive because we don't even really have a good cure for people who are addicted to heroin. And so they thought, okay, we got to get a game plan. So they, they got a support system for when the troops came back that they're going to do what they could to keep the United States being overrun with drugs because at that time, drugs was a big deal. What they found out... that when they got home, that 91% of the men stopped the first day they got home. Only 5% used within the year. So they go, how did this happen? How did this happen? All right, story on top of a story. When I uh, was in college, in the summers I worked at uh, a Christian camp and I was a Honda Wrangler, which means I take kids up in the mountains on bike trails and motorcycles. Well, the first day that they're there, they come off this bus, they go onto this huge porch, and right between, in the middle of the camp is a creek, a deep creek. It's about this far down, and it's about from me to you. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> probably the end of the... 
And there's this ramp right here. And so there was three of us who were Honda Wranglers and we put on a show for them. And I come off the side of, of this hill and I got overalls on, it looked like a hillbilly. And I come, they, and so the guy's on a speaker and goes, what's that? And he goes, that's Mad Jack. He goes, somebody catch him, he's crazy. <laughs> so I come off, I'm gonna hit this ramp, fly over that creek and land on the other side. I do it every week, we have a new club every, every week. So I'm, you know, you're a little hyped up, you know, probably 500 kids there. I come off, hit that ramp, and you pull back, because you gotta land, and when I pulled back, my throttle grip came off. This is, any divers in here? When you make this move on a dive, that's what makes you turn. I turned, and the first thing that hit was my head. Bike was up here, and then that little buckle that's on the overalls chopped through my collarbone and broke my shoulder. And so I get up, adrenaline's going, all the kids are like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> but the pump, the, the, it's just pumping in me, it's pumping in me. I get up, the bike is just, parts are flying off of it. I run over to it and I go, see? But when I did it, when I did it, not realizing my shoulder and when I went, That arm got a lot longer. So I did this. I just waved to the kids and... I'm an hour out of Asheville. So they get in the car, they drive me to the hospital. They look at it and they go, the surgeon's not here. The surgeon, we're calling, we're calling, we're calling. And they said, he's going to go into shock. He is in so much pain, he's going to go into shock. They gave me methadone, which is the stuff they would give you to get off heroin. I'd open my eyes, I see the lights. I'm like, I hurt everywhere. Who are these people? I close my eyes, I'm in a field. The wind is blowing. I'm throwing daisies. You know, like. And it was as real. In fact, it was more real than when I opened my eyes and went, I'm leaving. And I closed my eyes. From that day on, I've never looked down at someone who's addicted to drugs. A drug, uh, a, an addicted person to heroin, when you asked, when he was asked, what does it feel like? He goes, pure love. It feels like pure love. And that's why when these soldiers came back, they could break it because they had the real thing in their families. People loved them. For God so loved us that he gave. When we were enemies of God, he loved us. And because we received it, we have the power to break it. Let me tell you, I got this neat thing right here. If I speak, this is how important. If I speak in the tongues of men 
or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Can you imagine to have that ability, but not love how important is love to God? If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all the knowledge, and if I have faith that can move a mountain, how many times have we said, Lord, if I could just move this mountain, I know you're real. They would know that I'm real. They would know how powerful you are. If I could do this. And it says, but if you haven't loved, you got nothing. How powerful is love? That's why God chose love your enemies for our reward because, and it looks like we're his children, he'll recognize us. But if that person who's a wind in your face, who's resistance in your life, if they receive that love, it will overcome anything in their life that's causing them to stumble. That's how important love is. But if I have not love, I am nothing. I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body over to hardship that I may boast, but do not love, I gain nothing. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these Science has found a hormone, oxytocin. Oxytocin is what is released in you when you see your baby for the first time. It's a hormone that gets released into your bloodstream. It's what mothers have released in them when they're nursing their baby. It's when you make that decision to adopt that child and she reaches her arms up and says, Daddy, says, Oxy gets released in your body. They call it the love hormone. <laughs> they, guess what they treat heroin addicts with now? A nose smith that they re- spray in your nose because it makes you connected. It makes you feel connected. Science is proving God every step of the way. That science has, you know, we make these people feel love. It's the most powerful thing on earth. Well, Jesus said that. That's what he chose. That's how he won me. Wow. When we were still God's enemy, he loved us. Love has a redemptive power. Love, love is like the only creative, redemptive, transforming power in the universe. And we have the ability to use it for our master. My father-in-law would always, when he would, when somebody would be talking about someone else poorly, or what they've done or what they haven't done, he'd always say, they're more to be pitied than scorned. More to be pitied than scorned. When someone doesn't agree with us, we've got to pity them 
instead of scoring them. Pity is another word for mercy. How do I give them mercy? It says they're not going to be my friend. I'm not going to like them. I may not want to be with them. But it says that I am to love them. I'm going to not allow someone to just trash talk them. In the presence of my friends, I will say, you know, they believe just as strongly, you know, for their cause as you do yours. They're blind. We should have pity for them. We need to pray that that God, God would open their eyes. We need to do whatever we can to bless them. Being their friend is not going to bless them because I can't fake that. But there are things to do, and that actually, the things to do are, are going to be in the self, uh, the, the small group study. It's going to go through 15 ways to love that God tells us in Corinthians to love. And, and what we're going to do is ask people to, if, if they've ever experienced love through one of those 15 things, to tell your story in small group. And if you don't go to small group, take the scriptures down and discuss it with someone. You need to know that hate destroys the person who's being hated and it ends up destroying the hater. It takes away from your joy. The only thing that we have to give him is the life that he gave us. I don't have a gift big enough or expensive enough to give God. He says, all I want you to do is look like my children. And love your enemies like I loved you when you were mine. And your reward is found in heaven. I'm going to have Pastor Peter come out and close. I told him that. I said, you know, I'm going to be too passionate and too upset. And I didn't know how it was going to go. I wanted him to sense the room. And be able to close us. Um, <clears throat> um, the, you probably heard me say this before, but all the great men that I've ever wanted to be like, or all the great women, that, not that I want to be a woman, but all the great women that I wanted to, to be like, and <laughs> it's okay now. It's about <laughs> this is not going the way that I thought it was going to go. <laughs> And I'd forgotten what I was going to say. Um, Pastor Mark is one of the men that I've always wanted to be like. Um, there are things that he has, and there's many of us who have grown up under the ministry of Pastor Mark. And, <clears throat> but there are also other men that I wanted to be like too. And something hit me one day years ago that the more I tried to become like them, I realized that they weren't trying to become great men of God. They weren't trying to become great women of God. They were just trying to be the best sons they could be. And that made a huge difference to me because when that penny dropped for me, I realized I can do that. I think there's many of us that second guess our ability to be able to minister to other people, to love other people, but it's not about loving them. It's about trying to be the best son you can be to your father because the scripture he just read was, when you do love your enemies, now you are my children. Did you see that? And that, that, that scripture is back in the scripture that he read. You can look it up and blah, 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 because I can't remember what it was now. 
But the connection and your ability to become a son or a daughter of God is through doing what, you've, what he's asked you to do. That's it. It's as simple as that. And if you've ever felt a longing or a need or a desire to actually feel that peace and that fulfillment and that precious presence in your heart that I'm, I'm my dad's son, I'm my dad's daughter. The only way you'll ever feel it is if you just do what he's asked you to do and he's asked you to love him. Not that you feel the love, as Pastor Mark said, but simply that you do it. And so I want us to do a confession of faith right now that we are choosing to become the sons and daughters of the Most High, regardless of what our spouse says, our family says, our boss says, politics says, or anything like that. We're choosing to be the best son and the best daughter we can. So let's stand right now, and I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And I want you to speak a confession of your faith that you are a son and a daughter. So repeat after me. Father in heaven, I stand before you. And I ask your forgiveness for not acting your way. I ask for your forgiveness for my own selfishness. That I've tried to operate in my own righteousness, in my own goodness, and in my own ways. I'm sick of that, Lord, because it hasn't brought me the love I desire. So today I make a commitment to not be great, but to only be the best child I can be. To be the best son slash daughter I can be. And I choose you, Father, because that's where my love is and my peace is. So I pray that you would bring people to me this week who are my enemies. Send me an enemy, O oh Lord. Send me someone to love. Send me someone to show who you are to. Not because they deserve it, but because you deserve the best son you can have. So Father, I pray right now for every person in this room. I pray for our family are watching online right now. I feel that, I, I, I know that we are one when we operate in the Spirit of God. And I pray right now that every person here will be filled with that Spirit to become one to become one in the body of Christ, to become one with the Spirit. May He fill you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet and to overflowing that you can't help but spill over with this love and this joy of being the most, a, a child of the Most High. May you be filled with His Spirit. May God bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you. 